Hi everyone! In this competitive job hunting landscape, being prepared for interviews is very important. And in this episode, we discuss how to best prepare candidates for interviews with Andrew Mashevsky. You can find his LinkedIn profile in this episode description. Andrew is a talented recruiter with strong experience in legal, sales, and finance recruitment. He also has a very keen interest in tech and has exceptional candidate prepping skills. But I'll let him tell you all about it in this episode of Coffee with a Recruiter. Okay, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Andy? I'm good. How are you? Very good, very good. How's your How's your day been? How's your week been? Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, keeping myself occupied, keeping myself busy. Um, interesting times with being locked down and finding new things to do and ways to engage myself and obviously on the job search at the moment, which is keeping me pretty busy. Pretty tough environment to be uh, seeking a job, but just get through it day by day. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, I was going to say we've had some some nice sort of weather lately and everything, but the weather the last few days has been absolutely horrible. So uh, as if yeah, we didn't have yeah. enough trouble right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, but I guess it makes it okay to be locked down. You don't feel quite so bad when the sun isn't shining out. So. Absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll have better days ahead. And uh, I think one one key topic that I wanted to discuss with you that I think is very relevant these days is, uh, well, um, how to prepare candidates for interviews. I mean, a lot of people interviewing out there, uh, open to opportunities, having discussions. So it'd be good to go through maybe some tips that we can sort of provide in order to to, to give people the best possible chances out there. Um, so thank you for making the time. But I suppose before diving into that, just wanted to, uh, I suppose for the people that aren't incredibly familiar with your profile, can you give me maybe a quick introduction? Uh, yes. You know, yeah, I guess just a bit of a career history, any particular achievements and so forth, just to get an idea of yep. yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Look, started out with um, qualifications and psychology. Um, then moved into a postgraduate diploma where I focused in uh, human resource management. Uh, from there, I, you know, based in New Zealand originally, I um, found myself into a role within the government working within recruitment. Um, so I managed uh, recruitment for a certain region uh, within the prison systems within New Zealand, which was a really interesting position to work in. Lots of interesting work stories from there and um, certainly some great experiences working with assessment centres, uh, you know, doing some really strong psychometric testing. Um, it's really fortunate to go through a process transformation within our recruitment function, um, transitioning from one assessment centre to another where it was all incorporated, um, focusing on a broad range of roles um, for the business. And, you know, so yeah. gained some really excellent experience there and really thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, found myself after two years wanting to do some travel as, uh, as a pretty normal standard for, for Kiwis come over to London and spend some time and get to see the world a bit. We're quite isolated down in New Zealand. Yeah, um, so travel is <laughs> quite difficult. It's quite far to go anywhere. Uh, so lots of us come over here and that was one of the big reasons for, for moving to London to, to experience some travel. Um, so I did a bit of that prior to getting a role um, in London. First role in London I, I got was a resource consultant working within the finance sector. So works mostly with banking projects, remediation. Um, and yeah, but recruited for about a year there and that team moved into a senior resource role um, after a period and helped develop a training program, which was which was super exciting to be involved with. And then 
From there, decided to move on, find a new challenge. I um, was fortunate to get a role at Jill, which was a really exciting startup, huge growth, um, where I managed the talent function for UK and Ireland, um, covering a huge range of roles and across, across a variety of different levels. Um, you know, one of the big achievements there was just some of the numbers that I placed in, in the team, um, the 30 plus placements from April when I started to the end in December. Um, so yeah, it was a really great opportunity to work with some brilliant people and um, just learn so much really across all the different roles and functions that I've worked in. Excellent. Sounds incredibly high, sort of a high pace type, type role, right? In such yeah, a short amount yeah. of time. Absolutely, yeah. It was super busy. Um, as soon as I joined the team, everything was just go, go, go. Um, you know, one of the values was go. So, you know, the focus on speed and getting things done and, you know, working hard but also enjoying your work was, was really important there. And I think for me, that was a great environment and certainly thrived from my own personality to, to work with the team there. Absolutely. And I see recently you've taken a bit of an interest in tech, correct? Or Yeah, yeah. So I got to touch on tech um, a couple of times within Joel. Um, and then also touched on tech briefly in my previous role working as a resource consultant with the finance sector. Um, I think just the challenge of it was always a massive interest for me. It's, it's probably, you know, it's fair to say it's one of the most difficult types of recruitment. Just with how technical it is, you know, it's really hard to understand what they're actually doing. Um, so for me, the, the tech stuff is where I'm really looking to move forward. And you know, part of what I've been doing recently since seeking employment, since leaving Jewel was actually taking on a web development course. So I'm currently going through a project, um, so it's the Odin project, and it's a full, full stack web development course where I'm learning to code, um, getting a really good understanding of, of web development and just to further sort of expand my knowledge in that. And then certainly that would help moving into a, a tech recruitment role we focus solely on. Uh, you know, hiring those software developer positions. Absolutely. Well, t- recruiting for tech, I've, I've done it some time and it's quite exciting. And yeah. I suppose it's it's where innovation is, right? And you get to know yeah. these uh, very brilliant people that are creating things, creating whether it's software, AI, or what have you. Um, yeah. It's a it's a fast-paced environment also, but it's also quite tough, although I'm very sure, you know, if you're recruiting for legal or in the finance sector, that's also quite a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, uh, thank you for the uh, the introduction and the UL. Just wanted to dive into sort of, um, I suppose, the side of preparing candidates. I just wanted to get to know you a bit better on that side. I mean, generally speaking, um, and I appreciate you've you've worked some legal roles, but broadly also some some other commercial roles. I think. Um, but just wanted to get an idea from you. How how should candidates out there start preparing, or how would a, should a recruiter prepare a candidate? Um, yeah, generally speaking, think, with the roles you've worked on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the one thing that always used to crop up with me uh, preparing candidates for roles was mostly around that the how more so than the what. Um, yeah. You know, when you're looking at recruiting people with the legal and finance, you know, they're the experts in what they do. So certainly, just trying to help them. Um, transition the information across is really important and you know structuring your answers um, in an interview can be really important and really helpful to help you know clearly and concisely um, highlight what skills you have and what things you've achieved in, in, um, in the interview process so for me the star method was was always something that I first started with making sure that people had an understanding of that um, you know balancing out not rambling on too much in an interview and then you know not providing enough detail in terms of what you've done and what you've achieved and sort of breaking it down with them and making sure that they understand that process um, and making sure that they've, you know, they keep delivering on what the results 
um, that they've achieved as well. So, you know, talking about the situation and uh, the actions that they took, you know, really important, but then also, you know, following up from that, highlighting what the results were from that, um, you know, using data as much as you can to help with that as well. Absolutely. I think it's it's a bit of a tricky one also because every uh, I've, I've, I've received sort of as many different opinions or, or how-tos um, from as very different recruiters. You know, everyone has sort of a different approach um, to, to it. I think personally, one, one thing we, we can do better or sometimes even candidates can take initiative in asking is, is just sending the right sort of documentation. Um, so you'd be surprised how many people maybe forget to receive the, the job description or a description yeah. of, okay, this is the next stage that we're going to tackle. Um, and this is an idea of what that interview stage looks like. Um, but also even a, a pair-up doc in terms of, hey, this is the company, this is what it does, this, these are the USPs, maybe a product description, uh, this is the basic interview structure. And I think it helps because that way they're, they're fully informed on the relevant uh, parts of the company. But also, I mean, hey, if you, if you put all of the, the awesome details in, in one document, that hopefully that helps candidates uh in terms of getting excited you know getting interested into the company and, and really doing their best yeah yeah i always found it's, it's a two-way process with you know sharing that information um it's not just about the candidate sharing the information about themselves to find fit it's also the company sharing um, information back and then they can certainly tailor what they've done to help relate to that as well um certainly improves the process all around when you've got that sort of free flow and information from both sides Absolutely. And I think as, uh, it's, it's good to also double check that they have the right sort of video links. I mean, especially with Zoom and, and all of these sort of online sort of video type, um, um, type, type software that you can be using and sending the calendar invites. At least from, from my side personally, I've had some hiccups with, uh, let's say you'd send a video link and um, you, know, you have your interview at three and then only at three they start opening the, the link. Yeah. But then they realize they need to download a software and get yeah. it started. And before you know it, 10 minutes have passed. Yeah, yeah. And look, I'm hoping people are starting to get a lot more aware of that now. Uh, you know, I can't imagine there's too many face-to-face interviews in the current climate. So, you know, using these Zoom calls to actually uh, actually manage the interviews is, is becoming critical and hopefully people can become aware of that. And, you know, getting set up prior is, is critical and if you, you're finding yourself being interrupted from your time frames that can really sort of damage the flow of the interview which you know might not mean that the person would uh, you know potentially assess you on that but it sort of helps damage your opportunity to to share yourself on what you've done previously if uh, you're constantly dealing with issues technically throughout the interviews for sure absolutely and uh, i suppose it helps right now i mean do you have a preference in terms of is it better to have video interviews or is face to face always the solution any any thoughts there yeah look there's there's advantages to both for sure um you know the the video call interviews offer great flexibility for the candidates and for um the, the employees trying to find people as well you know schedules and you know if you're recruiting for people that are already in positions it can be quite difficult for them to take time off to actually come to your office yeah uh, so the initial stages of the recruitment process the video calls always work really well and you know aside from the occasional um you know hiccups with with connection for the most part i've had really good experiences with say zoom for example it's a, it's a great platform to uh, to interview candidates and you know provides that face-to-face interaction rather than just a plain phone call where you can 
you can gain a lot more about body language and um, yeah, it's, a, it's a more in-depth conversation when you've got that face-to-face -face through the video call. But then obviously uh, actually experiencing a, a real face-to-face -face gives even more advantages in terms of understanding what the office environment is like you can really get a feel for the culture if you actually get to go on site and um, you know see the people working in the space and you, you get an overall a better picture of how things look rather than just uh, you know the, the the back of the wall uh, from yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah 100 percent and I think um, and I think you there's there's one an aspect that I wanted to to mention was um, I suppose not just knowing the company very well but also maybe a bit yourself also right knowing what you want as a candidate and just maybe preparing candidates around that side right yeah absolutely look I mean the the natural focus when you prepare for an interview I think is to to look really at the company you know you're looking at the role you're trying to understand what it is and um, you're, you're looking into the culture that's become a huge thing for um, recruitment processes now certainly within the startup environments and you know sometimes that, that can lead to you know neglecting you know understanding yourself and actually how you fit in with that company as well and um, you can really go into quite a lot of depth in that in terms of you know your personality what you like um, but then it's just, even also those those simple things in terms of uh, you know what you want what you just mentioned there about what you're actually looking for understanding that and then also you know obviously being up to date and uh, I guess things on the top of your mind with regards to the achievements that you've had and some of the, the processes that you work through and I guess not sort of um, you know pre-preparing answers but sort of having an idea and being able to draw on them quite easily when you, when you jump into the interview absolutely yeah one one thing I generally ask candidates is in the beginning before telling them about the company is what what do you want in the next role yeah what's important for you and that way, we we make sure that, let's say, if you tell me, oh, I'm looking for uh, uh, stability, a very process-driven environment, yeah. but the company I'm presenting is dynamic and fast-paced, then yeah. we can just be honest and transparent there and, and, and communicate that, listen, maybe in terms of environment, that's maybe not the best place. Um, yeah. Or maybe it is, you know, and, uh, and if it is, then happy days, and then you you can sort of keep touching base on, on those motivations along the process um, and make sure that, um, you know, there's still a click um, or not. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like that point about the transparency about what they're both looking for and, um, and having honest conversations about that. Um, I, I think, you know, that, that really builds respect and trust through the process um, and you know, builds trust with, with the candidates and the market that you're working with. I think that's such a good way to approach the interviews and it also provides a self-selection process in it and the fact that you know having honest conversations about whether this is actually a fit rather than just going straight in for the kill with the hardcore assessment questions right off the bat for sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely and i think um i don't know if maybe this is something um you you've seen in the past or you've you've done but i think there's also a case to to, to argue that um, and as cheesy as it sounds, candidates can, uh, you know, just consulting in terms of bringing in your best self um, and bringing in a positive energy, because I think, I mean, maybe it's different in, in the roles you've hired, but sometimes uh, maybe people are stressed at their current company and unhappy. And then sometimes, um, you know, that sort of it shows a little bit in the interview process. Um, 
And the best way to turn that around is, hey, you know, for, forget about your current company right now, or I understand it's a stressful situation, but hey, let's approach this, uh, you know, with a smile, with a positive attitude, um, because it shows, you know, people people notice these things or pick up on those things during interviews, and uh, yeah, that sort of increases, I suppose, bringing in your, your best self, right, is what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's so easy to look favorably upon a positive attitude towards a more uh, negative attitude certainly in the interview process and you know, making sure you're clear-minded before you, you go into the interview and not bringing in previous issues about your company or your boss and you know probably to touch on another point there is it's, it's really always not such a good look to, to talk negatively too much about the company i think thinking critically about what you've done is really important but to go into it with that negative attitude can i guess really you know, potentially um, harm you in terms of, you know, way the, the way the person might think about you in terms of that interview and when you're thinking about things like first impressions and, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the, the positivity always always comes across favourably for sure. Absolutely. And um, keen to know from yourself, Andy, to what extent do you do you go into outlining sort of the perspective on, on what the client recruitment process is? How much do you, do you give away or do you just yeah. give sort of a superficial idea how to prepare in that sense, actually? Yeah, yeah. And, and certainly it was dependent on the type of assessment um, that yeah. we're running in that particular that particular position in the recruitment process. Um, certainly giving details is really important. I think you want to make the candidates as comfortable as possible that they can prepare and that they can actually give their best self as well. I, I don't think setting tracks for candidates um, is really the best way forward. You want to try and provide an environment where you know they can see the best of themselves and that's when you can get the best out of your assessment. So always giving as much detail as possible, you know, without giving away the answers, which which can also be an issue as well. But Given them with enough detail as possible, and then you know, highlight to them, you know, make sure to prepare, um, or then even pre-warning them that say, look, this is this is not too formal. This is a casual conversation. Yeah, yeah. Focusing more on cultural factors in the company, and you know, we, we really just want to have a conversation about yourself, and um, we're not going to dig into too much into your experience. We're, we're going to have a chat about um, you know what you like as a person, and, and yeah. what you're looking for, and you know what you talked about earlier about asking about what they actually want from the next position. So. I think, you know, it definitely helps to, to be clear about, um, you know, what the assessment is going to be. And when the candidate goes into that with uncertainty, you're potentially just going to set a trap for, for a good candidate that, that yeah. can easily make a mistake in that and you might miss out on, on a good assessment there. Yeah, it's good to communicate, hey, this is going to be a technical assessment. This is going to be a cultural round. So just um, just keep that, keep, keep I suppose, the, the tech skills top of mind or keep, 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 keep your personality top of mind when going in. Um, I think, and this is one that, that I've done in the past that I've noticed really helps is uh, when explaining the process, explaining a little bit who you're going to be speaking with um, yeah. and even explaining the, the personalities of the people you're going to um, be speaking with. Because one, one thing that I've seen in the past is, let's say if the, the, the interviewer is someone very quiet and very, for example, someone very quiet and maybe they're very gaze, they, they avoid, you know, eye-to-eye -eye contact, yeah. Yeah. then yeah. The, the interviewer, sorry, the interviewee is going to interpret that as, oh, I'm performing badly yeah. or, or this is not going well. But actually, the interviewer is just somewhat of a more introverted and quiet person, you know? So I yeah. think it's good to explain beforehand, hey, if, if you see the, the interviewer 
um, being maybe very loud or over the top, don't get don't get scared. They're just like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I think it's a great insight and something I didn't consider before actually for my processes. But you know, when I talked about before about providing an environment where the candidate can really thrive, I think I think they can certainly help in that that point as well. It's a great idea. Absolutely. And what about? Um, I mean, here's one. I suppose when some some people they they some people they're very good they they do their job very well they're amazing candidates but they don't interview well because yeah. it can be maybe uh, you know nervousness pressure um a- anything along those lines i mean yeah, how, yeah. is there a way candidates can prepare to really relax and um I mean, I think preparing overall with the previous points helps in setting people at ease, but anything on, unusual or in particular that you maybe walk someone very nervous through? Yeah, look, you know, there's always these problems when you go into an interview. It's a precious situation. You can yeah. prepare as much as you like, but you're never going to be 100% certain on what's going to be thrown at you, uh, you know, in terms of protecting the assessment and making sure that assessment process is valid. So, you know, those pressures are always there and, you know, each, each person deals with that differently. Um, I, I think it's really important to, to understand that you do have that pressure and you do feel really uncomfortable in, in that position. Um, you know, some people don't like talking about themselves when you compare maybe an introvert um, who's really focused on tech compared to, say, for example, a extrovert who's all about sales. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's just naturally built for the interview, aren't they? They're, they're constantly doing that in their role. It's, it's in their comfort zone. That's, that's what they do. Uh, whereas the the tech introvert might be more focused on the details, might be all about the quiet time on the computer, and you know it could be a really uncomfortable process. I, I think one thing for me that always really helps is actually understanding yourself and whether you're potentially uncomfortable in that situation, and also actually just discussing that at the start of the interview when you've got an opportunity to talk about yourself. Yeah. Uh, and I think highlighting that, but then also you know understanding that that comes with real strengths as well. So. For me, when I look at um, a team, I like to have a balance of, of personalities and, you know, the quiet people offer a lot of value to the team where the, the uh, loud people tend to offer different values <laughs> as well. Both got yeah. strengths and weaknesses that can balance each other out. So I think for me, just even, you know, highlighting to, to the interviewer that you're, um, you know, you tend to be a lot more introverted, a lot more quiet. Um, then sort of going to the strengths about that, you know, I, I focus on the details, I can be very, um, I can be very focused in terms of what I do. Um, I can help provide a lot of that strong, deep insight um, that really comes with, I guess, being interviewed and looking at the details and um, you know how those personalities align. I think that's, I think that's really useful for candidates. Yeah, I think one one thing that also helps is, let's say, if you're dealing with a candidate that's slightly nervous. Um, it's good if the recruiter gives the person a call maybe a half hour before before the actual interview. Yeah. And that sort of helps in, in setting them at ease because they're already getting in talking mode and you can go through some some basics like, hey, so how are you doing? Are you ready? Yeah. Um, any questions for me? Any reservations? Um, uh, any reservations concerning your own skills? Just to maybe um, double check things and and once they start talking and they start communicating and and they warm up, then it sort of sets them at ease and they they start feeling okay. You know, I can I can talk. I can just uh, be myself um, yeah. with the recruiters. So I think it's going to be just fine with um, with the next person I'm going to talk to, the hiring manager, for example. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And I also think there's you know, part responsibility on the interviewer to, to recognise the, the different personalities. And, you know, if someone's a little bit nervous, come in into the role, um, potentially, potentially just finding a way to make them comfortable. And, you know, opening up the interview, talking quite casually, getting them into the rhythm of things before you really yeah. dive into to some deep questions about their experience can, can certainly help with that as well. I think it, what about, um, and keen to know your thought on your thoughts on this, but sometimes it's good to maybe give the hiring managers a heads up, like, Hey, just, you know, um, um, you know, they're obviously they've been doing quite well in the process. They are a bit nervous, you know? Yeah. So, um, so just make sure you set them at ease, like, Hey, you know, just build some reports because if both people know sort of what, what the state of mind is, then it sort of helps break the ice. Like, okay, you know, don't worry, no stress, no pressure. Um, it's just a discussion. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other point that might be worth making as well is, you know, you're really looking at the role too and whether you're okay with that person going through the process and feeling a little bit uncomfortable. You know, if it's a sales position and you're a candidate, you've, you've really got to find a way to be confident in the interview and not nervous because, you know, that's potentially going to be how it's portrayed when you're in front of a customer. Um, or when you're in a high pressure position within leadership, you know, they're, they're looking for candidates to come in and comfortably be able to do interviews as well. Um, so understanding that from a candidate perspective can help too. So just building the preparation around that and understanding that's certainly useful. Definitely. I think that to be fair, I think the probably the most the most nerve wracking moment can be when it comes down to so you know the that salary expectations for example right when you get asked like oh what what are you currently on what are you looking for and yeah. um this this one is a very i mean for me i've been I've, um you know it's just in recruitment and everything it's it's a bit of a tough question to ask but also for a candidate to answer Absolutely. i mean how do you do you, how do you prep do you I mean, what's your attitude towards that? Do you prep candidates in giving a, an answer or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a tough question. Um, I don't, I don't think, think it's tough to say if, if there's a right or wrong, I think. It's exactly. just to paraphrase yeah. with that, you know, because everyone has a different opinion, but, and maybe no opinion is, is the right or wrong one. But yeah, just keen to know any any thoughts around that. Yeah, I think I think for me, the, the key thing is for people to, to make a plan around answering that question. Yeah. Um, it could be that they, they take quite an aggressive approach because, you know, initially when you ask that question, it's actually beginning the, the negotiations for that role. Um, you know, that might be appropriate for the person and how comfortable they feel going into that process. And it might also tailor it towards the role as well. You know, if yeah. you're going for a position that's like heavily reliant on a person being skilled in nego- negotiations, that's a really great time for you to actually show your skill set and shine in that environment and take control of the negotiations and you know, really fight for, for what it is that you're looking for. Um, but on the other hand too, you, you might not be as comfortable doing that. You might be more comfortable to just set a figure. Um, but I, I yeah. think the key thing is you know, either way, which, which way you go is to actually have some preparation and go into it confidently. Um, I, I think it's, it always looks best when somebody can can at least answer that question and you know whether they say they're uncomfortable about you know what what the salary is and what they're going for that's okay too uh, but actually just actually being forward and honest about that situation um, I guess rather than getting caught out and sort of bouncing around I mean an hour about what you're looking for um, yeah. that it doesn't look so good from a um, from a you know an assessment perspective uh, but there's no real right or wrong answer in that and I ask that question a lot and for me, I think what might be good to highlight from for a candidate's perspective is that the uh, interviewer is potentially just looking to make sure that they're on the right ballpark for, yeah. for what they're potentially able to offer. 
and you know you wouldn't want to get a candidate right to the end of the process and realize that actually you know they're going to be asking for 30 or 40,000 more than what the roles yeah. actually have to offer yeah. um so you know trying to frame it in that way can tend to sort of help candidates understand and I've had a lot of different answers to that question when I've asked it. Some people have pushed back on me quite strongly saying, you know, no, actually, what's what's the role? Um, what's the role offering? Um, which yeah. is a difficult question to answer as well because you're not too inclined to want to give away your negotiation position. But I think for me, is the, the key one is that you just both come away with some understanding about, you know, expectations. And I think, you know, setting some good expectations around that um, and then potentially even highlighting that this is still negotiable. Um, and we're still working through this process is still quite important as well. Um, but always a tough question, always makes people uncomfortable and it's, it's a difficult one to get right for sure. Yeah, I think for, for from a candidate perspective, it's uh, and it comes back to knowing yourself, right? And uh, outside of just knowing the company that you're interviewing for, but really digging deep down and asking yourself, okay, what is the range that I'm sort of looking to to go for? Um, and uh, I've, I've learned this 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 one approach uh, some time ago. But what's what are sort of your minimum expectations personally? What are your mid level type expectations that you would think? Oh, okay, this I can I can accept. And then yeah. what's your top expectations? Like oh, if it's this figure, then it's an absolute yes, yeah. right? Yeah. Just to just to know yourself there a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it also starts with um, I think that the the reason why it's a bit strange is because there's maybe a lack of rapport and trust building um, er, early on. And maybe, and it's it's part of us, our jobs as recruiters to really build that rapport and show that, uh, well, you, you know, you can, you can, you can trust us, you know, we, we have your best interest at hand, especially if you're internal, because the last thing we want to do is, you know, if it gets to you accepting something that you're not happy with, then look, we don't, I mean, the, the last thing we want is for someone to, to feel they they were maybe forced to accept an offer that in hindsight they're like oh my god wow i i kind of accepted something quite quite low absolutely yeah you want people going into the role with a real positive mindset this is a new challenge like i'm really excited about this um you know really hitting those expectations with compensation is, is really important in that asset and i think you know that's that's part of the worry for candidates going into processes, but you know, understanding that the employer is actually trying to get it right for the candidate as well, I think can help sort of alleviate some of those pressures and concerns around discussing salary and compensation. I think um, one of the other really key things to do as a candidate is, you know, we can market research as much as possible, uh, understanding what's actually out there in the market, uh, yeah. talking to as many people as you can, maybe in your connections and amongst your friends around, you know, what salaries, you know, they understand the market to look like. And, uh, you know, that can certainly help define your ballpark. Because uh, you might be in a position, say, for example, like myself at the moment, where I'm, I, I'm looking for a job and I'm not in a current job, I don't have security. So um, I, I want to get that salary right. You know, I don't want to shoot too high and then not be considered because, you know, yep. the, the salary expectations are too high when I'd potentially drop a lot lower as well. So that's where that market research can really help. And I think just talking to as many people as you can and even better if you if you know someone in the company, have a chat to them about salaries in the company. You know, do they, can they give the impression that it's, you know, a company that offers really strong salaries or, you know, maybe is it a little bit lower so you can really understand your expectations going into that process? Yeah, one one thing that really works when 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 I'm speaking to candidates that I that I think candidates can mention is it look if you if you mention a range and you feel you can be flexible because and this helps because they 
some people will tell me I'm flexible because it depends on if there's a learning and development budget, on what the yeah. pension is like, if there's a bonus. Okay, that 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 opens the window a little bit to some range of maneuverability. Um, yeah. And then it depends on the potential of the role itself. Absolutely. I think, you know, the, the salary is really important, obviously, for people making decisions about moving into a new role, but it's not the only factor. Yeah. Um, you know, what's important is the people they're working with. You know, how many times do you ask someone about why they enjoy a company and they, they talk instantly about the friends that they've made at the company and the people they've got to work with? Um, yeah, how often do you hear, oh, look, they paid me so much. It was, it was amazing. You, you're always hearing about the people side of things as well. So it's not the only factor um, in terms of negotiating. And you can certainly bounce off um, both those ideas, just, just like you said there about, um, you know, what are the benefits you can have as well. And what about, so we touched upon this just, just now. You mentioned something interesting, but uh, sometimes when, let's say you're, you're talking to a candidate and they, they let's say you're, maybe they ask you first, well, what's the role offering? I mean, um, at least personally, I think that's, that's from a candidate perspective and probably shouldn't be given this advice, but I think trying to beat, beat, you know, get to the finish line first with the question kind of helps candidates, right? I mean, sometimes if I talk about the role, the company, this and that, and the candidate, um, you know, they, they ask a few questions and then they, they ask first, what's the role offering? Then uh, I think a recruiter can be like, okay, you know, let's, they're asking first. So maybe it's, it's the right thing to do to, to just be transparent about, about the range. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, it's, it's such a unique part of the interview process. <laughs> It's, it's a full negotiation, isn't it? So understanding those negotiation principles. And I think if you could maybe dive into learning as much about negotiation and actually how to get uh, the best for yourself during negotiations and what you're actually trying to achieve could certainly help with that. And, you know, as you mentioned there, certainly getting the, the question out first certainly helps because it puts the ball in the court, doesn't it? It, it puts the pressure back on them to, to come up with an answer to, um, you know, manage the candidate for sure. Yeah, because then the, the, um, the recruiters are the ones that are that have to say things like oh i'm not sure i'm allowed to 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 explain what yeah, the salary yeah. is and that doesn't look good you know you don't want to be that recruiter yeah. that's like oh this is confidential this and that so um but i think it's it's good to just i mean at the end of the day hopefully we can just be transparent right um and the candidate can be transparent and 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 the recruiter can be transparent yeah yeah um, it's really it's really interesting because i think in the market now a lot of people aren't transparent early. They tend to try and hold their cards a little bit. Yeah. Um, you can have some really good experiences when you know the, the salary off the bat, um, you know, where it's potentially even advertised on the job advert yep. or you know, right at the start of the interview, the, the uh, interviewer has gone, this, this role's paying 45. This is what we're looking for on a candidate. You know, are you okay with that? And then that, that sets the expectation you know, right then and there and um, it's transparent, as you say, and it's you know, potentially giving the candidate the best chance to um to get the best salary that they can as well absolutely well it's a it's a touchy it's a bit of a touchy subject as as usual so yeah. um hopefully we provided to some to yeah. not be a touchy subject where we have to work <laughs> be, um, something that brings up the nerves and people from both sides of, of the parties well just just wanted to 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 wrap up with just a quick sort of little um uh, almost, I don't know if fire round is the right the right word, but just off the top of your head, let's say common mistakes that you have, you've often seen candidates do yeah. that you can you can maybe give some some quick sort of tips for them to watch out. You know, any potential sort of 
mistakes that that often come up any any things you've seen from from your roles that you've worked on yeah yeah absolutely i think one that really jumps to mind is when people talk in their examples about what they've done they yeah. use um the word we rather than oh, I. Yeah. so it can catch a lot of people out and when you're working in a team environment and collaborating um it can sort of create some gray areas to where it was you know necessary to say we and when to say i but it's it's really important to use that i as much as possible because that really defines what you've done in the process it doesn't leave ambiguity on you know potentially they did this or potentially that was their manager that did this um, you know, it's it's part of the way of portraying confidence. I, th I think that one um, I notice quite frequently when when people interview and they're constantly using we. And um, I guess I just start to doubt how much they've actually um, been involved with what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and hiring managers they'll they'll start ask exactly that that same thing. So wait, so they said we a lot. So how much of that we was was that person actually doing the the work, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So there's that to consider. I think um, from my side, one one that I've seen often is, so let's say what I would call sort of softball questions, like tell me about yourself, why the role, why the company. So these are fairly standard, fairly easy, but I think they're so easy that people get in a false sense of security and they just answer something very simple. Yeah. Um, and they'll just say, oh, you know, it, you you have nice class door reviews or I don't know, the recruiter reached out to me. So I thought I'd maybe talk to you guys, yeah, but that's yeah. really, you know, I've seen people get rejected because of, of those simple questions. So I think really um, when those questions come up, it's you're, you're getting something you're, it's a very soft question. So it's your chance to really give the most intense, most powerful sort of answer that you can, that you can give. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, working in one of my previous roles was was a real big focus on that. And, you know, we wanted people that were passionate about the company. Yeah. And if you couldn't come in and have the initial stages of the, the interview where we talk about, where we talk about the company, what we're doing, if you can't somehow show some sort of deep appreciation or, you know, you've thought out really strongly what, what we do and you've thought through some of the challenges or, you know, maybe you're just purely excited about what we're trying to achieve as a mission from your own personal experiences, um, if you can't do that, it makes it really difficult to compete against a candidate that does have that. Um, you know, instantly you're going to say this person's going to align with that culture and what we're trying to achieve um, a lot better than than this candidate. Yeah. Um, you know, irrelevant of, of what skill sets I've got and what abilities I have. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, that's such a unique opportunity um, for the candidates, and um, you know, you really got to take advantage of that. You're exactly right with what you said there. Absolutely. And I think, um, and I don't know if you've seen this, I, don't, I guess a, a question in between is, I suppose in the legal roles you've, you've worked or finance, are there a lot of tests or, you know, assessments? Yeah, yeah, certainly finance um, assessments are used. Um, you know, because one thing I've seen that often happens is candidates rush the, the test. Um, I had this one candidate, I've, we, I've sent him the, the test and it was for a QA role and within an hour he sent it back. Okay. And, and then when the, the hiring manager saw it, he was like, yeah, he, he rushed it. So, yeah. I mean, it's good to, it's part of our job to maybe give them a, an idea of, okay, you have X amount of days, but just let them know like, Hey, just take your time also. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's the point you touched on earlier about how to prepare candidates for assessments. Um, you know, making sure they've got a clear definition of what it is you're asking of them. 
Um, and what you talk about timeframes there becomes hugely important, you know, highlighting that, you know, you've, you've got a week to do this assessment, you know, maybe even give them an expectation about how long it might take them can help yeah. sort of define that. And, you know, that potentially, you know, would help in the case where people rush assignments, uh, potentially, maybe they just want to rush it because they're busy with other things. I don't know, who knows? Yeah, yeah, and I think um, it's it's. Um, I think another one that I've seen is, and I don't know if if now that we're doing video, it's it's not going to be a, an issue anymore. But have you come across things like dress code in the past, like dress code issues, anything along those lines? I suppose it could play a role when you're doing, let's say, more finance or or legal type stuff. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at with with the corporate functions, um, when you're looking to go into banks, when you're looking to go into law firms. Um, there's that real etiquette around dress. Um, it's it's a part of their culture. Yeah. Um, you know, you can argue with as much as you want and you can say, you know, we should be part of a new age and, you know, try and drive that startup culture of, you know, you can wear jeans and, and a hoodie to work. But, you know, that's that's the way they work and that's the way they've defined themselves. And, um, you know, it's, it's such a good look when somebody can come in really well presented um, for those types of positions. And that's a part of the game. That's, that's their culture and that's what they do. And, it can have a real impact on you if, you if you can't get that right. So if you're not sure, ask is always my thoughts to candidates. And yeah. um, sometimes I'll give hints too, because um, it's also, you know, you, you wouldn't want somebody underdressed, but, you know, somebody overdressing for a, an interview process can be uncomfortable for them as well coming into it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. Works both ways, eh? But you, you definitely got to try and find a, a strike right balance for, for how you're supposed to dress. And, you know, I always say if you're not sure, just ask. What's the, what's the dress sense? Yeah, I think uh, if you if you do tech roles, it's quite different because there it's very much like jeans, hoodie, yeah. you know, or maybe a, a you know a heavy metal T-shirt, something along those lines. Yeah. I know I'm yeah. generalizing Definitely. a lot, but it's very down to earth, you know, very sort of down to earth and very 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 flexible in that sense. I think yeah. the the challenges that I've seen in that uh, in that sense is. So, for example, I was working with this startup once, and um, and um, the hiring manager was uh, one of the developers also. And the candidate, when he showed up, he showed up in a suit and tie. Yeah. But everyone else was very sort of casual, very just shirt and in, in, in jeans wearing. Yeah. And obviously, the the feedback afterwards was, well, he seemed a bit corporate. I don't. I mean. Yeah. And turns out uh, earlier that day, the candidate was interviewing at a, at another company that that was very, uh, I guess, much more corporate. Yeah. So obviously, he came dressed as he was dressed for that interview, and the candidate was super interested in us. But that sort of that played a role, I think, a little bit in in why they ultimately had to reject the candidate, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it comes down to. Not just somebody's skill set as well, but that cultural fit as well. People are really emphasizing that within their assessment processes these days. And maybe just a, just a final question in that sense. Um, but what about career gaps? I think, unfortunately, due to the current situation, we're going to be seeing a few more career gaps, uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah. in, in CVs or people with past career gaps uh, might might need to, you know, there's always that question, oh, you you didn't work between these months. Um, why was that? Um, any particular way you you maybe sort of, you know, you see a CV and you try to prepare a candidate from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. I my personal opinion on career gaps is career gaps is I wouldn't like to 
um, to potentially try and use that as an assessment, judging how good somebody might be from their career gap. Yeah. I think you know, there's a balance of you know, you know, what were they doing in that career gap, and I tend to ask out of curiosity just to find out more about the person, um, you know, rather than it being assessment. But you know, sometimes, unfortunately, I think that can still play a big impact in um, how people see a candidate. You know, coming from my experience within the finance financial sector, it's it's hugely important. Um, yeah. Career gaps are really looked at. Oh, yeah. um, okay. And you know, it was really interesting because a lot of the roles that we recruited for in that position were, were contract positions and it's like you, you give someone a set time frame and then they have to have a finish date uh, and then they have to potentially go and find a new job. They're, they're going to have a lot of career gaps. It's part of the parcel yeah. of using contract workers, but it was still such a big focus for them. Um, but I think, you know, advice to candidates around that is just, you know, providing a meaningful reason and you know, where potentially you might be uncomfortable about sharing information about what happened in that gap. Yeah. Um, just be short, just be brief um, and just, try and uh, alleviate their concerns as much as possible. But, you know, there's also the, the right for you to be private about what you were doing. And, um, you know, me personally, you know, if, if you're worried about people looking um, unfavorably on people seeking employment for a long period of time, um, don't, don't worry about that. I'm currently going through that position in myself at, at the moment, you know, with the COVID-19 and things taking a lot longer than expected. Um, you know, just try and be honest about it and uh, try not to worry too much about it. I think, you know, where you are worried about where an industry might look at that unfavorably. Uh, yeah. Try and prepare yourself, you know, you know, what can you do to be productive in that career gap? You know, whether it be study, um, whether it be creating a podcast, you know, these are all cool ideas that you can do to add to your repertoire and uh, sort of help show yourself and showcase yourself. So there's opportunities in those career gaps as well. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's part of part of the. Um, I mean, definitely being being honest and transparent helps. If there's things that are personal that you feel you might not want to discuss, then you know, obviously, candidates have all the right to 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 maybe not go into too much detail. But what it helps, the thing is, it helps us because that way we can give the hiring manager a heads up. Like, look, I know you you might say you know there's a career gap here. But they they were busy with X, Y, and Z during that period. So there is a, you know, and once you give a reason, the, you know, a hiring manager can just be like, oh, okay, you know, that's, that's understandable. And, yeah. and they can then understand. So then you can manage expectations with your hiring manager. Yeah, absolutely. I think even just putting that onto your CV, um, just yeah. with a short explanation of the, the career gap can help. Um, you know, stop questions if, if you're uncomfortable about those career gaps and consider how to highlight, you know, what, what was happening in that situation. Generally, people have a pretty good reason for a career gap. And, um, you know, as you say, just, just try and create a meaningful reason behind it and you know, be, be as open, as honest as you can about, about the details of it, obviously, you know, with your privacy in mind as well, if that's, that's a concern. Absolutely. Well, hopefully we've discussed... I think we've discussed quite a quite a bit there, uh, Andy. I think that yeah, hopefully content. that covers it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Excellent, Andy. Well, um, well, thanks. Thank you so much for your time. Um, um, I'll, I'll definitely I'll do a few things behind the scenes just to just improve the uh, recording and everything. But so far, I think we've done a good job at explaining sort of maybe what to expect, some tips in terms of what to do. Um, when preparing for for an interview, but also what what recruiters can generally do also to to make sure the process goes as smooth as possible. 
yeah, absolutely. Look, thanks so much for the invitation. It's it's been great to be a part of and, and engage in this and you know, wish you all the best with your 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 episodes moving forward and look forward to seeing some more content from yourself. Thank you, Andy. Hopefully we can have a coffee sometime in person. Yeah, sounds good. Look forward to it, Isaac. Cheers. Take care. Hi again. It was great fun connecting with Andrew. He's a very talented recruiter, and you can find his LinkedIn profile in the episode description in order to connect with him or for any questions or comments. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, or follow. Thanks again, and stay safe.